Hello and welcome to Dad and Sons. Who's the dad? Who are the sons? You decide here at Dad and Sons, <laughs> your number one source for dads and sons. We got new dads. We got old dads. We, we got George. That's me. We, we got Matt Visual. What's up? We, we got Liam Edwards. Yo. And we're all here to, to talk massive shit about the new Star, Star War, Star and, War and how much we hate it and, and how we'd rather watch Star Trek Into Darkness instead <laughs> and how Jar Jar Binks is our favorite character and we're very disappointed that he didn't make a cameo. Yeah. That's going to be uh, coming up at the... One hour, four minutes, 30 seconds. Minute. <laughs> you can go ahead and just skip to that one. The One hour, four minutes. 30 seconds. Minute. <laughs> of all the minutes in the podcast, the one you're going to want is, is, is the... One hour, four minutes, 30 seconds. One. <laughs> so we actually pre-recorded the Star Wars spoiler chat ahead of time, which is how uh, those edits are going to happen. We're going to be actually starting the podcast off with some regular old small talk uh, news and viewer emails. Spoiler cast comes out later, so in order to get that done, uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Playing old Super Nintendo games at a Christmas party. That sounds comfy as heck. Dude, that was the comfiest I've been in ages. If I said a more shocking swear word, that would make it less comfy somehow. (laughs) It was nothing but food, blankets, eggnog for the first time in my life by the way it was beautiful and playing yeah yeah. did did you get hammered well i've I've, eggnog's not really a thing in the uk i've never i don't i don't know maybe there are some uk based people who are listening who have had eggnog before but i've never had it so that was a first so uh, one of my american friends here in japan made like a big batch of it and it was it was delicious you're getting hammered on eggnog yep. is like the most pleasant sugar coma. It was or sugar coma, I guess sugar rush. It's like it was beautiful. You're really, really hyper, but also sloppy and clumsy. I'm not usually like a fan of liqueur alcohol, like fl- creamy alcohol, but <laughs> those are the only ones I can handle. But that was that was really nice, and basically just eating a lot of food in a blanket with friends playing dumb Super Nintendo games on the Japanese Super Famicom Classic version. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. Do they still hold up? What, what games? So we played... So we were playing the Japanese versions of games like Contra, which is mm. way hard. Yeah. I, I can't believe I finished that in university with some friends. I don't know how we did it because that game is... That game is so hard. Wait... Are there differences between the Japanese version and the other version? Not that I know of. Nothing that stands out immediately. Um, there might be some differences between them. There's definitely differences in the box art and the name. Um, because I, I remember in Europe, they changed the box art to look like aliens completely. Um, but I don't know if there's any gameplay difference. <laughs> um, we played we played a little bit of uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Well, Super Ghosts and Goblins, and didn't get very far in that either, because that you think Dark Souls is hard? My God, people. My God. <laughs> oh, we got a lot of Dark Souls comments from last week's episode, which is delightful. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, you like you went through the same process, I think, that Jimmy did on the TOVG podcast, and yeah. there's like Dark Souls fans who don't 
get it, who like will never understand what it's like to get lost in Firelink Shrine when you begin the game. I got lost in Firelink Shrine when I began the game and went down the wrong path until two days until someone like like corrected me and it happens. <laughs> this happens so much. It's such a familiar like story that there's like a real problem with the level I design. I feel like it's I ingrained in them because in. they played it so much that they don't remember yeah. what the first time was like. Yeah, they they only know that they're like superstars now. So I, I, I went back in and I just turned to the right and there it was. There it is. I know. Right? It, it makes you feel like, like such an idiot. What the hell? <laughs> like I went through the little the look because it's kind of blocked by um by the like the the, the architecture or whatever you want to call it, the the stones. Um. Yes. There there are visible blockages. It looks like a cliff when you first look out and look that yeah, way. Yeah. So I, I go. You go through that uh that little hole there, and then all of a sudden, there it is. There's and Dark you go Souls. Up, and then you just kill everything. <laughs> I was like, way wow, easier. this is way easier than what I was doing before. I was like, ah, okay. Nice. So, yeah. Well done, Matt. Yeah, I went through it, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was too hard. Was, um, I, thought, I thought this game had a crazy difficulty curve, but apparently it's okay. I went up and beat the, oh. the gargoyles. And, oh, you did that? Uh, after a couple... Of, yeah, I just went up and... Um, beat those guys, what? and I, I went to the dragon. While I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that." <laughs> and then, yeah, but but yeah, it was it's was, it was pretty cool. I don't know. I still think I feel like I need to be in a mood to play that game. Yes, it, it, it feels it feels like I've done this already for some reason. You have, you know, if because now it's not new and fresh anymore. It's like been people have been using the same thing over and over again. Well, it gets commented on, a but lot, that's fine because. Especially you, that you, side of the you game. You still got to play the good ones. Hold on. I didn't you know. You both talked at the same time. <laughs> what did you say? Liam. Well, it's because, like, the starting area of that game, I think, has been commented on so much. Obviously, meeting Sunbro and, and that whole area with the dragon <laughs> is, like, the most iconic part right. of Dark Souls. I think everyone has, like, mitosis that information in some way, and everyone knows how to do it now. Apart from that aqueduct part, which, for some reason, you missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's visually obscure. True. Yeah, I, I, I should have seen it. Like, when you see it, you're like, oh, I should have seen that. <laughs> and usually I don't miss stuff like that, but this time I was just, I don't know. I guess, like, my mind was just trying to go forward. And I just did not see um, because there's like multiple of those because uh, like gateways. I don't know what you want to call them, um, arches. Yeah, um, where you can go through and you just get turned around in there. As it was pointed out, and I don't. We said bridge last time, but it's definitely yeah, an you aqueduct did kind of thing. Definitely <laughs> not a bridge. <laughs> I was like, it Where's functions the as a bridge well, for, for, for the player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a uh it's it's air transportation speaking of so i hard I, games i speaking of hard games yes. going back to the super famicom for a second the game we ended up playing the most <laughs> of the comfy car having given up on contra giving up on super ghosts and goblins and not being able to play like the massive rpgs on that thing there is one strange addition to the super famicom in japan that didn't get added to the the European and the American one, which is a game called Super Soccer. 
So out of hmm, all, what's that game so about? So out of all of the games they could have chosen for the Super Famicom here in Japan, one of them was a soccer game called Super Soccer. Now I'm cool with that because I like soccer, although it cringes me to say the word soccer many times. Yeah. But this game, talking about hard games, this game was almost impossible to score a goal, and it took us, I think, about eight matches before we just a before goal. we could score a goal because the 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 goalkeeper in that game was a machine. Like the Super Nintendo just would not let you score. The keeper could magnetically Jedi mind trick his way to every goal, <laughs> every kick of the ball, and would just grab it out of the air. So the most intense fun and the most difficult game we came across was the strange edition of Super Soccer. Super football. So were you playing against an AI, or was it like a two-player No, match? so it's a two-player game, and I will admit the Mode 7, I think they used Mode 7 in that game, because the sort of simulated 3D of the soccer field is really cool in that game. I don't know if it was a late uh, release on the Super Famicom back in the day, but it was incredibly impressive to see it sort of scroll back and forth with the, with the 11 players on each team. Um, but the keeper was... You could set it to manual or auto, and manual was incredibly difficult to control. So we just set it to auto, which means, you know... <laughs> incredibly difficult to... Do everything. Do anything. Yeah. But the passing and, that's, that's, and moving around hilarious. the pitch was kind of intuitive. Like, being limited to just one D-pad and having to control a whole team. Like, <laughs> when you don't have the ball, all of the players are basically controllable. So they, you, they all run in the same direction. It's kind of hilarious. There's a lot. Of, there's like symmetry between eleven players just running back and forth as you like control them. Um, but the keeper is automatic, so he just grabs the ball whenever you go near him, or every time you kick it towards the goal. And the goal, be, being only able to shoot in four directions because of the the way the D pad works, the keeper would just like you, you couldn't even get past him. He was he was literally a Jedi in the goal. He was just like force the ball into his hands it was intense but i i kind of miss that simplicity of uh old sports games where it was so the whole fun team had like, like no ai figuring, and, and uses your same controls like, figuring it out i think there was a uh, some and the simplicity to it figuring it out was so much fun especially two player it was so much fun did you ever play rbi baseball on the nes no when the ball is like floating on its way to the outfield, every single outfield catcher moves in sync in the same direction to get that's it. How, that's how which this means works. that like no one rushes to the ball. There's just like <laughs> the one guy who's like moving in sync with the rest of the team, but just happens to be in the place to catch it. It's uh, I don't know. There's just something like so cute and nostalgic about seeing a whole team of sport ball people do that. That. That I would like. I, I I wish I was there. It was a lot of fun. Um, just sort of trying to figure out what the hell we do. And the we played like eight matches before. I think I think I scored the first goal. And it's because I kind of tried to trick the keeper by passing it to another player that was really far away and drawing the keeper out. And then mm-hmm. having like an open goal. And the moment it went in, there was about, I think there was about eight of us. And everyone just like screamed in like glory. It was like, 
it was like a moment in Gladiator when it's just death silence and everyone's celebrating. It was so just pure elation that finally, after eight games, we had one goal, one singular goal. <laughs> <laughs> the pure elation in the room was fantastic. So no matter what the screen says, you feel like you've won. Oh, it was so good. Uh, okay, I, I don't mean to, to end that train of thought, but I just thought of a burning question that, that I and a lot of listeners probably have for Matt. What? And, and that is if you like Dark Souls enough to keep it up. Uh, uh, you think you're going to keep going or, or are you satisfied? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I would keep going. I, I jumped in there. I played a little bit. Um, I finally saw that thing and I was like, all right, you know what? Let, let me give it a shot. I'll, I'll keep going. Because um, I wanted to play the first one. Because I, I, I really, really liked Demon's Souls when they first came out. Uh, mm-hmm. um, that was like the only game for my PS3 that I really and enjoyed. I think Demon's is actually better. <laughs> it, it, I felt like After I understood. De- like, I don't know. Like, I guess I can't judge Dark Souls right now. I meant to praise the soul, um, praise the sun guy. I was like, "Oh, this is where it comes from." I didn't know where it came from. I I just knew that it was in the game somehow. Yeah, the memes make sense now. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is cool. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm trying this out." Um, and um, it, I feel like I feel like at this point I've gotten so used to this. I'm. It's n- I, not that I want like extra challenge but i feel like i understand the game too much that i can just kill an enemy is the tension gone um that yeah the tension is kind of gone like i you basically you have to figure out how to if you can parry and backstab properly and not be totally you know frightened and scared um you can defeat most enemies. Now, when they start adding way more enemies at the same time, if you're not too careful, if you pull too much, then that's when it gets a little bit crazy and skill would, um, it'll probably be, un- yeah, I-, I can't do that. <laughs> I definitely can't do that. Um, but um, most of the time, I'm, I'm killing these guys. Like when I fight the, I had like 5,000 souls. And at the time, that's a lot. And I, I was like, okay, let me just see. I, they get you used to going through the mist. So, you know, and nothing happening. So I was like, let me go through the mist real quick. All of a sudden, these two gargoyles uh, uh, popped out. I was like, oh, okay, boss battle. So I'm not going to get these souls then. Um, and I, at first, it's like, oh, that, that, that Dark Souls feeling where you can't beat the monster. Um, because the first monster is fine. You could handle one gargoyle just fine. But as soon as they add the second one, the second one just keeps blowing fire over and over again. Um, so it, it took me like five tries to know that, you know, cut off the tail and try to keep them together as much as possible and, you know, wipe them out. Um, five tries sounds fine. Yeah. Five tries. Uh, yeah. And I got my souls. Yeah, that but sounds like the there'd still be some about, tension there too. Like five, five is yeah. nothing to shake a stick at, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's still some tension. The thing that I didn't like is going, I had 10,000 uh, souls from that battle. So I had 15. I go down and I couldn't reach back because I, I didn't. I was too scared that I was going to get parried and killed. <laughs> right. So I was more scared about the way back with my souls because I kept dying um, because I didn't want to kill all the monsters in the area. 
Um, before, because I was just run through to fight the gargoyles. So when I on my way back, there was just all these monsters piled up by the ladder. So every time I would, I was like, okay, I can jump down. I'll defeat a couple of them and try to run away. But I never killed that uh, that guy that with the small shield that parries a lot in the in the the stairway that that goes up to the gargoyles when you fight that mage guy for the first time. So. I would. I've died five times trying to get my souls back, and I was so scared. I was more scared about that <laughs> encounter than any other encounter that I don't pick up my souls in time before he kills me. Like because when you're trying to swipe all the other uh, hollow guys, you know that that are just in your way and they just constantly attack. And if you don't attack at the right time, um, they can just hit you multiple times um, without you being able to block. And, and you'll just die just like that. Um, when you hit like that, sometimes he will parry you through when you're trying to kill the the hollows and kill me. And it's happened multiple times. Like, this is, this is, no, this is not happening. I'm getting my souls back. But yeah, that, that, that's, that was more my, where my tension was, is basically not wasting my time is where my tension is. Um, and I, as long as I don't have, a million souls and die, I won't quit this game. <laughs> die in a stupid way. If I die, like, you know, by my own fault, fine. And I, I guess this would technically be my Careful own fault because ledges. I won't clear the monsters properly. But um, I'm just so f- scared because it's such a tight um, stair stairway and I would have to kind of clean out all the monsters to fight that guy because uh, the best way to kill that guy is just to backstab him. And if you just learn his pattern and go around his where, where he's swinging his sword, you could kind of get around him and backstab him, and then you know he's dead. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, as long as I don't, as long as I don't waste my time, it's, it's the same way I feel about uh, uh, dead cells. If you ever played that, it's kind of like uh, Dark Souls. Metroidvania thingy. Yeah. The upgrades are not quite as satisfying, to be honest. I really got to play that someday. But it's really cool. It's it's really fun. Um, but there's moments in that game where you feel like you died because of some overpowered enemy just comes across, and you just they just teleport to you constantly. Teleport, teleport. You're teleport. gonna want to be real careful of ledges. I feel like next week we're gonna hear some stories about some stupid deaths because Dark Souls One has a lot of narrow pitfalls. It's like a lot of and it also has much stuff, and it also gives you a little more, um, a little less. I mean, like coyote time and like ledge slip zone than the future games in the series that you have played. Like, <laughs> not only are there more ledges to fall off in Dark Souls One, but the engine. The, the way movement is handled makes it easier to slip off in Dark Souls 1. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So 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 get ready. Get, you know, it's fine. Slow down, concentrate, get immersed, turn the phone off, turn the lights off, call in for work sick that day, and you'll be fine. Light the candles. <laughs> yeah. Tell mom I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> when we were doing the practice podcasts weeks ago, I, I believe I had an opportunity to rant a bit about <laughs> Metal Gear. So over the past yeah. uh, couple of weeks, I've been hammering Metal Gear hard. Um, and I am going through Euro Extreme on MGS4 right now, which is very, very interesting. There's going to be a big video about that soon. But I'm also, uh, I also restarted the 3DS version of Metal Gear Solid 3 on Euro Extreme. And that game mm-hmm. is like, I don't know if, if, if a lot of listeners out there are going to know about the 3DS version of Metal Gear Solid 3. Have you guys played it? I have played it. No. 
it's hilarious. <laughs> like it's this Frankenstein together, like total conversion fan made mod remake of MGS three. I don't know if I could call it a remake or a remaster or like a reimagining. I guess a reimagining is a better word. Cause remakes usually expect like the graphics to be better. But this is more or less like on par with the original PS2 version. It's just they shift around the assets in different ways. Characters have have cool looking new Fong shader effects. There's a lot more bump mapping going on. However, texture fair, though, resolution in general is lower. To be fair, at the time, because I think this was, I think I first saw this at Gamescom in 2011. So that's yes. a good long time ago. And at the time, it was super impressive. To and see they're pushing all MGS3. that tech. In 3D, no less. Like, like when you're crawling yeah. around in the grass, like you see blades of grass sticking in your face, and and when the the, the pain is like whipping his bees around, you have bees popping out of the screen in 3D at you, and it all is happening in a cinematic like like seven frames per second. And I I don't actually know what the performance of this thing was like on the original 3DS, but one of the reasons that I think it's so hilarious is that. Like, I'm, I'm playing it on the new 3DS XL, and it's still, like, it. I wouldn't be surprised if it averages in the teens. Like, like around the high teens, like 19 or something. Because it sure as hell does not look like 30. Even unless you're in, like, a quiet indoor space looking at the floor, will you be getting 30 frames per second in this game? And the, like, the irony of it all is that that makes you want to be more stealthy. Because if you get into a gunfight, you're you're going to have a really hard time aiming at bad guys with the little nub they give you on the new 3DS. And also with the cinematic 12 frames a second you have to line your shots up with. And, oh, no. and so they've they've put a whole bunch of new features in the game that makes it considerably easier in some ways, harder in some other ways than the original PS2 version. You can crouch walk, the camera is behind you like in MGS4, which is very, very good for most sneaking most of the time. However, they took out the original camera angles, and the original camera angles were camera angles no one really liked being forced with, but in the remake, the remake, the re-release of Metal Gear Solid 3, the subsistence version, you uh, can switch between a behind-the-scene, behind-the-back camera or a high, high, high over-the-top two-dimensional top-down view and that makes it really easy to see over walls and around corners and you do not have that luxury in the 3ds version your your camera gives you in some ways more usability but less visibility does does the second in some stick situations work? yes the, so the second stick does work because this game came yeah, out that's when your camera there was no second stick Originally, originally you used the face buttons to control the camera, yeah. the two trigger buttons to control your inventory and combat, and the D-pad to control your stance and your item selection. And now they have it set up to more resemble the PS2 version style controls more, but they're still different in weird ways. Like, you can't do that peeking thing. You know, you hold down the first person mm. view, you start pressing the triggers, and Snake is, like, peeking around corners and standing on his tiptoes, and you can use pressure-sensitive triggers to, like, have a gradient bit of action, and there's holes in the game. There's sight lines that they have in the maps where you can, like, peek through at very specific angles at very specific pressures that are now much, much less usable and harder to to handle than before because the level design is pretty much translated over one-to-one -one, even though the texture work is different it's like there's elements in these level designs that are meant to use the old control scheme that are not uh uh, uh 
passing over to the new one well. Like, I spent a lot of time taking out the Ocelots on Euro Extreme without the Tranquilizer, and that was hard. And it's hard enough on the PS2 version. It took me two and a half days to get through it on the 3DS version, but it was actually fine because I could just do it on the bathroom and, like... I didn't feel stuck. Like, I kept doing this thing over and over and over again for two and a half days, but I didn't feel stuck because portable gaming is great. Anyways, uh, so, like, a brick in that factory can be removed from a wall, and that can be, on the PS2 version, a sightline that you can use to peek into the next room. On the 3DS version, you might not be able to, like, tiptoe your feet enough to be able to really see through that brick well. You might be able to position the camera to see through it, but not your, like, own face. It's uh, hard to describe, but if I was playing it in a video, I could probably get the point across. Maybe I could emulate it on a stream one day. Are you going to stick um, with it till the end, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's so fun. Uh, it's still so fun. Like, Euro Extreme, no trank. MGS3, let's do it again. The legend never dies. <laughs> it's like but my favorite way to like play my favorite game, but in a extra, new way. It's great. Extra hard mode doing it on the 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone has a copy of MGS4, I recommend starting up a playthrough on Euro Extreme 2. Like, that game got <laughs> way more interesting, but I'll get into that. Uh, so, yeah, is there anything else you guys have been doing over this week that we want to talk about? Uh, I I mean, mostly mostly what I do during the week is uh, to, like, unwind. <laughs> play Either I play, like, a, a single game or Netflix and no chill, basically. Um, I'm a big fan of, like what netflix has been doing lately which is making these uh i don't know these films that uh not films but um these shows that wouldn't get made otherwise yeah. that are uh, that don't don't really fit on tv very smart of them you know like black mirror and oh my god black mirror. oh my god black oh, mirror god soon twin soon. peaks <sighs> No network execs would like bring back a 20 year old <laughs> sequel with a cliffhanger <gasps> Oh, oh, Twin Peaks? Yeah, I, I so, couldn't imagine yeah, Twin yeah. Peaks being on, like, WSB TV, you know? Yeah, yeah. Coming on well, after the news this... on a network cable yeah, over-the-air channel. But uh, I, I guess I could I could just throw out a name, uh, just in case people are, um, like, about, like, Netflix uh, stuff. Uh, Ozark is what I watched this week, and it was actually pretty good. It's like if Breaking... If it, if you were watching Breaking Bad and Walter White was instead obsessed with numbers and accountant, that's, does he become evil? Basically, that's the one with Jason Bateman, right? Yeah. Okay. Does it's it's quite it's quite good. What's the scheme that he gets up to with these uh, numbers and these accountings? Um, he gets approached to wash money. Wash money. Wash money. Like with soap. Oh no 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 no! Like um, lo- so- lo- sorry, uh, Wanda. Lo- money money laundering, <laughs> money laundering. Damn it, George! <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah, put it put it you know with some soap and <laughs> stick it in the just water. wash the money. Put it in good rinse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's there's fantastic, interesting characters that are more complex and not just like, you know, not just like these like paper thin characters. It, it's quite it's quite an enjoyable watch. Um, I would, I would, I would. Another one is is Mind Hunters that that I, I still I'd need watch to watch well that. Finished. I need to watch Mind Hunters. That is, if you like crime, like getting into if you the, like crime, the psychology of. 
like just minds. Oh my god, I love that. And I usually have these stupid deep talks with people about why people do certain things. And that's okay. Most people don't care to yeah. to listen to that garbage and, at, at all. And this is a TV the people show about I find it. out that Hans Egan. And this is a TV show about it, basically. Basically, basically, but but more, you know, um, more for the criminals <laughs> and the people, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's still interesting. <laughs> it's still pretty. It's still pretty interesting. Um, I, I quite like it. it. It's pretty gritty, but okay. uh, I quite like it. Oh my god! Yeah. So this is my time. If we're speaking about yes. Netflix, allow me to gush for a second. Gush, gush so, for us. Being over here in oh. the beautiful land of the sun of Japan. Glorious Nippon. The only reason I still pay for Netflix is because of a certain Japanese TV show called Terrace House. Hmm. I don't know if... Terrorist House? Terrace House. <laughs> that would be intriguing terrorist in Japan of all places to have a terrorist house. But no, it's called Terrace House. And it's literally the only reason I still pay for Netflix as I barely watch anything really? on it. Well, I just, I don't have the time to watch most TV shows. But the new season started today. And oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh. I'm so excited. Is it is a Japanese uh, so, show? Let Terrace me, let me House. Terrace House. So let me break it down for you. It's, it's a Japanese reality show where it starts out six people, Japanese people from different corners of Japan, all young, hip, um... People who aspire to do certain cool stuff, like be models, or there's like a dude who's like a pro snowboarder and stuff like that, all live in a house together. And they, you, you have, in the UK, we have Big Brother. We had mm-hmm. Big Brother, but it was like pretty nasty right. stuff. It just wasn't like great. It was kind of like weird people who would just do nasty stuff and abuse each other and it was uh. intriguing to watch. Whereas the Japanese terrace uh, show Terrace House is so wholesome and so pure because it's Japanese people <laughs> all being really m- mild polite to, to one other. another, being super polite. They like go on little dates with each other to like the beach, and they have like nice days with each other. And they go for picnics, and they do all cool shit. And it's just so wholesome and so beautiful. I love it so dearly. It's fantastic. God damn it. So it's like a cuter, more not responsible version <laughs> of of something that was popular in in the West. But now yeah, it's, it's like made wholesome. Essentially, yeah. So it used to be on Fuji TV here in Japan. And they had a series, I think it was in uh, Kanazawa in, in, near Tokyo japan like kind of near yokohama way and that was one of the first series and then i mean i i I don't think it did very well like they have different look they have like a different location for each season the house that they live in so the contestants in the terrorist house do they do they get along do they fight um do they have drama sometimes yeah sometimes there is depending on oh no what type of person comes in so when i moved to japan the season that was going on was one made by netflix because it's a netflix exclusive so Netflix picked up the rights to the show here in Japan and they made like a new season, which was one in Tokyo in uh, a place called Daikinyama in Tokyo, which is like a really classy, stylish part of Tokyo. And it was just so interesting to watch Japanese, like young Japanese people interact with each other when I first moved here to see how like they talk with each other, how they 
sort of hang out and do stuff and approach things. It was so intriguing. And then they had like different people come in. There's most of them like lived in Tokyo, but there was this one girl who was from Osaka. And usually people from Osaka are kind of a bit more um, boisterous compared to people from Tokyo. Tokyo people are very quiet. Osaka people are kind of uh, more friendly and more talkative. So this one girl from Osaka came and she just like caused all sorts of problems. Everyone in the house didn't like her. There was loads of fights and stuff like that. But that's the kind of drama you get. But it's still like Japanese. So it's like, who didn't take out the trash? Let's all sit down mm-hmm. and have let's sit down and have a twenty minute conversation about like why we should take the trash out. <laughs> no way. There is a PBS there's a PBS idea channel video called How is Terrace House like a Let's Play? I can't hear what they're saying, but I can read the description and they're talking about how it's kind of kind of meta and self aware and, and how it spins and subverts the typical reality show format. Are you getting that vibe from it's, it? It I don't know what it is about it. But because it took like the last one took place in Hawaii, so they had a bunch of like half Japanese, half American, um, half Japanese, half like Italian, like different. Um, in Japan, they they very racially calls them call them halfus, like people who are half Japanese, oh, half something they're else. Only half Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Whoops. So they had the this one <laughs> series in Hawaii, and they could mostly all speak English and um, Japanese. So it was kind of like an out there version of it. Uh, and then they've come back to Japan for the new season. So it's really intriguing to see like that one maybe had a, a lot more drama in it because they were a bit more Western. So that one was really interesting. But I think the fascination with it is just they're so like mild mannered and sweet and but the life seems so good like they all go like surfing or snowboarding and they go out drinking at japanese izakayas and stuff like that i think if you have like a fascination with japan or especially if you live here it's just intriguing to see like your life replicated on screen almost because they still live normal lives they still go to work and they still do stuff like that but there's just something so wholesome about it it's like really sweet and like the dates it, they go on and, and all that kind of stuff is like... Really, is it popular among Japanese people or just like I think foreigners it's like, and expats? It's it's pretty it's pretty popular here in Japan now. Um, uh, like most of the people who appear on the show end up being like famous models or like actors and actresses and they become pretty famous afterwards. So it's definitely popular here in Japan, but it also seems to be incredibly popular with expats or people who have a fascination with japan anyway because it's also on the american and the the uk netflix now i think it's one of the only japanese shows that is subtitled on those and it's like well. the boring one about how mundane it's just life so interesting is instead of like a know. wacky game show yeah i don't i don't even i don't even know how to describe it yeah literally it's most of the time watching people go on dates that are really sweet and then watching them sit and eat dinner together, talking about their dreams and their aspirations. I don't know, but I love it and I can't get enough of it. And the new season starts today, so I'm super excited. Cool. 
<laughs> I don't know. I like find it really hard to imagine enjoying a show about like a reality show yeah. spin that sounds that mundane. But I guess you Trust just have me, to experience it. I I, I didn't. I give either. everything a try, so I'm I'm down and, and for it. And this is a thing. Like, there's a subreddit for this. Like, I've been googling it while you're talking about it, and there's yeah. a huge amount of like. Of 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 fan input getting put like, into it right now. When I when I first came to Japan like nearly three years ago, and the the boys and girls in the city, the Tokyo version that was going on, which is still my favorite one, um, it definitely was not that popular then. I don't think it was on American Netflix. It was on Japanese Netflix, but had English subtitles. Um, so I don't think it was quite popular then. But when the Hawaii one kicked off, and it was obviously in America. Um, oh, maybe they it know. Got, it got more popular and it got subtitled and put on the other Netflixes. And so did mm-hmm. Boys and Girls in the City eventually. And mm-hmm. now I think it just like exploded in popularity after that. Jeez. And I mean, that's like a smart move too, because there's such a big uh, Japanese community in Hawaii. Like they probably had no problem finding uh, people to like film and work in their own language. Yeah, exactly. And like thousands of people apply for it. And they thousands pick like the of people mo- apply <laughs> for it. They pick the most like boring, ordinary, wholesome, sweet people. <laughs> so usually they're kind of this similar archetypes. Like most of the girls tend to be people who are like young girls who aspire to be models. Or they have, they always have like one girl who's like a model, another girl who is, who works in a cafe who's kind of like a mature, like pretty woman, like who's like, in university studying um in the most recent one there's a girl who's like one of japan's like best ice hockey players um and then the guys tend to be like sporty guys who are like in university who want to be either normies uh, models or (laughs) the like in the last series there was a guy who wanted to be like an actor who lived in la so this week on normie house (laughs) nothing unexpected happens I've been hearing the word normie a lot more lately. Is there a reason why? Uh, I think it's because everyone and everything is getting weird and stupid. It's because we live in 2017. We've entered into the, like, whatever the normie timeline was, we have divulged far. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm I'm there now. So let's see. Uh, Are we ready to move on to the next topics? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to gush. Now I'm happy. I'm fine. No worries. No worries. Um. Oh, you got to gush. Well, earlier today you were... Uh, what is the opposite of gushing? What is the, like... <laughs> what bodily action? <laughs> Slurping? Uh, 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 scrunching <laughs> up? Um, <laughs> I just... What was it that you were doing when you realized how lame the Dead or Alive stream big announcements were? <laughs> I don't even remember. I just remember like watching on Twitter it unfold. I was I wasn't watching the stream myself, but I remember one part of the day was people tweeting, "Oh, there's like a surprise Dead or Alive stream." Okay, that's weird because no one really cares about Dead or Alive. Yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, they must they must be announcing something, right? Because who calls a stream <laughs> to an announcement? So they I don't were know. Announcing the the. Uh, sorry, so, I'll, I'll let you do the reveal. I mean, you've got this one. I mean, the reveal is 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 so funny. But so then I'm like, oh, okay. So I just ignore it because I don't particularly have an interest oh, in Dead God. or Alive. 
And then I sort of check back on Twitter and people are saying, okay, the stream is happening now. And I think they talk about the series a little bit. And then all, all right, of a sudden, all right. like, it, like it ends. And like, Yeah, but well, there's a big announcement, right? I'm like, oh, I wonder what the announcement was. And they're like, oh, we are ceasing development of the Dead or Alive series <laughs> completely. Uh, that's the announcement. <laughs> Wow! Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They well, not did- the series, not the series, it's just DOA5. Oh, okay, so they started... Wait, wait, they started talking about that they're alive? They didn't mention that they were shutting down, they just started talking about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 they basically, they had- the, stream, the stream was about uh, that they were, st- like, I don't know whether it's, like, cancelling or putting on hiatus the Dead or Alive series in general, but they're just. But they stop- didn't say it until the end. Yeah, they didn't say it until the end. I don't know how long the stream was. I'm not really sure, but they must have been talking about the series for a while <laughs> with people yeah. waiting in bated breath for an announcement of a new game for them to just be like, "Well, I hope you enjoyed this stream. We are canceling." <laughs> no, it, they okay, okay. Oh, no. I, I'm looking at like the news article roundup. It's not that they announced that they canceled it, but it does sound kind of like fishy, sappy, and set- sentimental that they would hold like a farewell stream to end support for the fifth Dead or Alive game. The um, quotes from Yohei Shimbori says the free-to-play version is doing well of DOA Five, that is, and we created so much downloadable content that the sheer amount would be worthy of the Guinness Book of World Records. However, it is time to stop what we are doing for now and look into the future, which means we may not be around for some time, but we are very much looking forward to seeing you again someday. What I take that to mean is just that, whoops, we're going to make a different sequel or a different game before we do the next DOA again. It might be like five, four years, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm reading from this. Anyways, it's it's like <laughs> hilarious irony that um you, you announce a stream for a big announcement, people watch the stream, the big announcement is that DOA is not going to be their next big announcement. <laughs> uh anyways. Uh <laughs> <laughs> wow, depression. It's <laughs> it's not that depressing. What if they're making like like a good Ninja Gaiden game? Have you guys at all, Matt? You have a you have an X bone, right? I have an X bone. I have a big bone. Have you have you tried playing PUBG on it? Uh no, no, oh. no. Why would well, I? Are, do are that? you are you into PUBG at all? Um, I, I've I've played a few rounds. I, I don't. Mm. I I'm it not hook you, too though? into it. Mm. Oh. It didn't. I hook can't me. believe. I can't believe you're not a normie who plays PUBG. Um, <laughs> so I wonder. I wonder if why it didn't hit hit you and hook you and, and sink its teeth into you is because there might have been like engine issues or optimization problems. Uh, a kind of a general overall feel of you know jank. Yeah. Well, not have... not into the jankiness. I'll, I'll, I'll make the announcement here on the Dad and Sons of the Bunny Hop Podcast podcast that uh, the Xbone version of PUBG is, is, <laughs> seems just like it's got all those problems made worse. Uh, IGN has given a pre-release version of the game, which is on sale for $30, uh, a 5 out of 10. Yeah, they call it the preview edition. Um, preview version. It's it's on sale at the Microsoft Store for thirty dollars. But people have have uploaded ample video footage of uh, this thing's LOD levels just fizzing buildings out of existence right in front of players. Players teleporting all over around the maps because of um 
netcode issues and and the frame rate just kind of <laughs> I don't know maybe it's uh maybe it's not so bad playing Metal Gear Solid 3D at a cinematic 7 frames per second during cutscenes anymore after after seeing some of this stuff this is so this is even jankier than the actual PC release which is also yeah. janky oh, yeah. as fuck because it isn't oh, a yeah. released game yet. it is a poor port of a poor already janky PC game. game okay what a good idea I really, really think it's time to stop releasing games this early, guys. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. At some point, this is going to bite someone in the ass really hard. Yeah. I I eventually, right? Maybe? I I was, like, incredibly cynical about the, the... the X-Bone and the 4K and stuff like that. And when they released the, the PUBG, I was just like, yeah, that's not that's going to run like crap. I'm pretty sure you can pull up the tweet. And now <laughs> it's running like crap. Like, because it, if it's running crap on PCs that have, like, 1080 Ti's and, like, the, the just the best stuff, then why would it run well on, you know, like, a, a The underpowered console? of yeah. the why two mainline consoles. I totally understand where Microsoft is coming from, though. Like, getting on the ground floor with a game that hasn't been released, but is, like, taken Ugh. off. It is makes ha- sense. Has they hasn't needed been something. released a misnomer? But also, it makes sense because the PC version is also janky as fuck that people will not expect quality. But it seems yeah. they even fucked that up a little bit. Well, it's also so much more tolerable nowadays to have games with low quality yeah. polish and 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 there's markets that seem to handle that okay uh so like people come to my job asking me like oh i play PUBG. like what do i need and i'm like oh, oh you need the big bucks you need a good ass job you oh, need stock boy. options you need that, that six figures you need that patreon money <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, well, whatever you get, it's still going to run like garbage. But, I mean, you can try this. Yeah. Like, so, There's benchmarks on stuff, but like this, but yeah. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Speaking of, of closed markets of inferior products, um, Steam has had a lot of its features blocked in China. Uh, people woke up on December 15th to find out that Steam's community social features have been blocked by the Great Wall of China. That includes profile groups, social content, badges, inventory, game hubs. The workshop, which is like, ooh, that that one's really going to sting. Um, market and broadcasting. The friends list and chat rooms still work. What I'm not really, not chat necessarily chat rooms, but individual chats. What I'm not really super informed of is how, if... So many of these community features are getting blocked. How do people add new friends? I I don't. I wonder if like the player search and, and friend request functions are still up. But uh, this bodes poorly for a future future trend of Steam in China. What the paradigm of Chinese economics over the past ten years has been like switching between their 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 so-called communism and what is like very very blatantly a capitalistic free market they they get successful foreign products over there and then start figuring out ways to block them out and then sell their own chinese made like copies or partnered versions of it in this case we have tencent who was given exclusive rights to distribute pubg in china um has had the game absolutely positively take off over there and 
Steam has been functioning as like the network backbone for how to get that game working over there. And I'm wondering now if Tencent is going to hold on to the PUBG license, but try their hand at making their own store that follows whatever weird Chinese internet censorship yeah. rules they want that Valve can't be arsed to put up with right now. Considering how many like online MMO, MOBA, Chinese things there are, I'm surprised there isn't like an ultimate conglomerate that oh, a has store made a store yeah. that has all of them. Considering how many players they have as well, they like they have like the biggest player base in the world, right? Yeah, they're they're making the world more money than the rest yeah. of us. So, like, so there's... how much money does Tencent make? They're huge. When I was like looking at my figures for my videos over the past ones, like they're like the number two, sometimes number three, sometimes number one video game publisher in the world. Like they constantly vie for EA and uh, Activision spots. And they own and Riot. Nintendo. Well, they own they own Riot as well. And mm-hmm. obviously, Riot make League of Legends, which is one of the most played video games in the world. So, and on top of that, they own like all the mobile mobas, and I think they have like. Oh. Something like 10 million players a day in China, which is just insane. <sighs> like like Clash of Clans? They own Clash of Clans as well? No, I think there are some Chinese MOBAs. Do you remember the Game Awards had like that specific best Chinese game <laughs> award category? Yeah, which was such a weird... And, and he announced it in between commercial breaks. Like there was no fanfare behind the game. Do you guys even remember which game won? No, I'm going to clear yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up while I type and Google it. Wow, Epic Games is on this list. Oof, I did not yeah, know this. Yeah, they're a big company, and I think the the Chinese gaming market is, especially considering the genres it hits at, which is like MMOs, because there was like a small period of time when South Korea did a lot of MMOs. Like they did that really famous one that had that character creator, which was just insane. Uh, Are you talking China about Black like, Force? I mean, yeah, I black, I black, black something, a black so, something, black desert or something. But the black the, desert, black desert. Yeah. Black desert. yeah, the the genres they they like harness on are the ones that are really popular in Japan, which is like mobas and MMOs. So they just have millions of players just pumping in like microtransactions every day for those games, just making black bank. Forest. I'm looking it up. The winner of the best Chinese game at the TGAs was a MMO um, called JAX3 HD Remake. I don't know. Somehow I feel like something got lost in translation there. You go. there. And yeah. we have never heard of that game. And I bet nope. you it's got like at least 5 million players or some some ridiculous number. Oh, God. This would be fascinating to look they into. They do own Clash no of Clans. Way. Yes, they do. Oh, my God. Tencent has its fingers in everything. Yeah, wow, I just, June 21st, 2016, Tencent seals deal to buy Clash of Clans developer. Holy Jeez, Louise. (laughs) Wow. Everyone's getting bought out by Chinese companies. (laughs) Um, So, now that 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 has been stated and that can of worms has been opened up, uh, we have a tip line open up for viewer questions. Um... Send in your questions to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. And if you get lucky, you will hear it at the end of these uh, these episodes. This week, we got we got two good questions in, one uh, good comment, three emails in total. But the first that I want to read out loud here is from Carol Kay. 
Uh, they say, hey guys, love the new podcast, got a little inside baseball question. It seems everyone who more or less means something in the YouTube gaming space knows each other, even from before they made it big. How does that happen? Is it just cross-promotion <laughs> between channels when they're small, or does talent really tend to flock together naturally? Please keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, yeah, I know Matt has opinions about this. Oh, uh, no, no, not opinions I would share, but I will tell uh, the story if, if people don't know... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will say that. Um, um, like George, the way I met George, I met George when he he was like what, like twenty thousand subscribers. Um, yes. Uh, GameVid Expo. Yes. Uh, Total Biscuit was there. Uh, he asked he asked a question and he talked to Total Biscuit. He got on the Co-optional podcast. But before before all that, like I saw him there, and one day we didn't we didn't know each other. But I, I saw him at GameVid Expo. So when I saw him at Publix. Mm-hmm, at the grocery at store. At the grocery store. I was like, yo, I, I saw you at GameVid Expo or whatever. Don't, and you were like, don't say come which over one, to though. my house. Don't say which Publix it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, okay. <laughs> apparently, we, live, we lived like two or three blocks from each other. We, it was we the were weirdest close, thing. Uh, Closely located for for a good year. Yeah. Before you moved out to the bad neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and I got robbed twice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you said it. Our, our first encounter was at Game It was George. Expo. Somehow you met George, and then afterwards, two robberies happened. Yeah. Trust me. I I left that little I like toy not. gun in Matt's living room when I broke out of the door. And anyways, <laughs> right, right. You're casing the place. Oh yeah, visual. I wanted to record record the George Sox video. Casing the I, place. I, I I like them. <laughs> Wait, that happened after the robbery. <laughs> don't don't mess up the timeline. It's the perfect crime. He'll never suspect it. You're using the force. Oh wait a minute. That's a joke that people might not get yet. Um. Um, hey, Carol, okay, I have a real easy answer for you. Ooh. Matt, you you mentioned that we met up first at GameVid Expo. Yeah. And I noticed that my social network, like, blossomed after going to MAGFest. Yep. Cons are the answer to your question. People go to conventions, and conventions are a lot more fun when you're a shit-tier e-celeb versus a regular, normal person. And uh, I noticed that with with the way it happened with me, I, I was more or less like languishing alone for four months or so until Total Biscuit spotted my NRA video. He promoted that. That blew up and kind of sort of put me on the map. And then after going to MAGFest, I ended up in um, Austin Eruption's room. I, I never knew the guy. And when I went to MAGFest, I didn't come with solid sleeping plans. Um, we were it was Randy Yazinchak, actually. Matt, you remember uh, Elder Geek, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we did a podcast with him, which I guess is like another example of um, this kind of YouTube social networking stuff happening. Uh, we had gotten in touch through... Was it through Matt that I got in touch with Randy, or was it through a network? I, th I, th I think it was email? through a network, actually. Yeah. Uh, point is, I went to Bagfest. I was going to stay in Randy's room for a couple nights. I did, but I didn't have plans for the third nights. I don't exactly remember how it happened, probably because I was tipsy at the time. But at some point at MAGFest, like 2014, I became good friends with Austin Eruption, who also has a YouTube channel. He was a fan of mine, like met up with me and, and we hit it off. And I ended up uh, staying in his room for the final night. 
And his room was full of, of like minor YouTubers and bigger YouTubers like Gerard and Pro Jared showed up at some point. And that's partially because like, <laughs> I don't know, it shouldn't be too controversial to say that like Austin wants to make friends with everybody. Yeah. So like everyone who's anyone kind of came through his room at some point. Yeah. And that's how a lot of those connections ended up getting made. And uh, like like Matt, you've you've seen this happen. I can testify that it happens. The easy answer to your question is cons. Uh, when you show up at a con and you have like even a small minor YouTube channel behind your name, you're gonna make a lot of good connections. So so and, uh, most people don't like talking over. They they don't trust anybody over the internet. So what has to happen is that you have to meet in person to make sure that you're not. Some weirdo or or whatever. Yeah. Amen so, to that. Amen to that. Because mine is a little different in terms of I'd done some stuff for GameSpot prior to working at Rockstar, and I met people like Danny O'Dwyer uh, and people in the UK gaming press and stuff like that. But then I went to work for Rockstar and basically had to shut down. Ever speaking about games publicly, NDA'd about stuff, so I couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore. And then when I left Rockstar, I had ideas to do final games and have all these guests who I had on a list. And um, I remember asking, oh my God, I can't remember. I think George messaged me and was like, hey, you live in Japan. How do I live in Japan? <laughs> and I was like, I'll tell you, George. If you become if you become a guest on my podcast, and he was like, <sighs> before fine. you know it, we're like having hangover vomits at the yeah. McDonald's together. And then we met, um, and even then we knew like some people in common who we met up with also. And then we and then yeah, oh yeah, thing, you know, we're hungover together, hugging each other in a McDonald's. So meeting people is definitely the way it happens. Yeah. yeah. Once like, once you're once you've established that contact in real life, like you keep them around. You you know who to come. Like the people who made our art and music, uh, Ace Waters and Strex. Those are both Magfest friends. Like like I uh, I have met them before, and mm -hmm. and I know to trust them. I know you know like they're, like they're we've established a rapport. Money and stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that that uh, sums that up. Yeah, that's the the, the collusion well, conspiracy actually. happens because of cons and 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 basically needing good connections and and businesses to grow businesses. Yeah. Uh, Rise B sent in another question. He asks, "Hey, George and Co. Uh, this one's like more for me specifically. Did you see that old ARG from the MGS2 Critical Close-Up was cracked recently on the Super Bunny Hop subreddit? Uh, I have two questions relating to this. Do you know of anyone cracking the code before this? Um." Two people. Two people on Twitter DMs cracked it before the, like, 14 people on the subreddit. Uh, what made you think to do an ARG? I think it folded into the themes of MGS2 really well in terms of being kind of um, self-aware and, like, looking at the piece of media less from the perspective of the lore than the fun things going on in real life around the lore. What's an so, ARG? Alternate reality game. Gotcha. For those who don't know, I'm not going to spoil how to find it or how to get it, but there are Easter eggs hidden throughout my MGS2 video that might lead people down a fun wild goose chase with a reward at the end. <clears throat> 
In the MG box, you contained a bunch of outlines, script drafts, and planning materials relating to making a critical close-up. I know you don't really do critical close-ups anymore, but has your planning and writing process changed much since those days? For instance, do you still use the classical outline of arguments or the Toolman model much anymore, or have you moved on to bigger and better things? I still use Toolman when I need help for writing scripts. At some point about, I want to say a year and a half to two years in Bunny Hop, I stopped filling out the worksheets individually per video, just kind of got into a writing flow where I felt like I had a lot of that process, um, if not memorized, then at least I was used to it enough by now to do it without actually filling out the paperwork every single time, like in the good old days. But for really serious videos, I still do go through that process. Like arguments I don't want to screw up are arguments that I put through the Toolman test. Uh, there you go. Ah, I, I think you sent me something like this when I was asking about writing. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember doing that um, when you were asking for advice on your Metal Gear reviews. At MAGFest, right? Yeah, 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 it was at <laughs> yeah. It all goes back to MAGFest, like so, so, so many like ideas and, and, and significant moments are MAGFest moments, which is coming up less than a month. I don't get to stay at the real hotel this time, though. Anyways, uh, once again, if you have any questions or topical suggestions for us, send them into Dad and Son Pod, Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from them. Hearing, ah, we look forward to hearing from them. <laughs> and thank you very much to Carol K and Rise B. Uh, we are right on time to wrap up, though. Uh, if you two have any final words to give, uh, we should we should start thinking of sappy, sentimental, uh, wholesome things to say. You know, you know, something that that maybe a a Terrace House contestant might leave the episode with. I don't know, Liam. What do they say at the end of Terrace House episodes? If you can imagine, like the cheesiest, most generic lines of someone who is leaving a house where they're all emotional and it will be along the lines of the last six months have been the greatest of my life. I've made friends who I will know forever. I have pursued my dreams and I've been supported so wow. greatly to leave so this house. So they don't have like, what problems do these kids have? <laughs> they're, well, they're, you know, Japan is Japan. So they talk in a very, very just honest way. That is very cliche sometimes. Um, yeah, so basically just, Mina-san, arigatou gozaimasu. And then they just walk out the house. So, yeah. I'm surprised there isn't a word that specifically... <laughs> a word that specifically is defined as, as the past six months have been great. Can you Thanks, just talk like that, Liam? <laughs> what, in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I'm trying to think of like what the word they they use when they leave. I don't know. I guess just honto ni arigatou gozaimasu. Like hot ni arigatou Thank thank you so much. Thank you. You must go Thank you. What is that? A Japanese um, from Texas? Japanese person from Texas? Texan. A Texan. Jap ass. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything racist by accident <laughs> no, by putting worry. Jap and Texan in, in Texas together. So I'm sure they exist. I don't know. I went to a uh, like really nice um, Texas barbecue restaurant in suburban Georgia that I think was owned by a Korean family. 
<laughs> so hey man korean barbecue of all types. is like the best oh yeah so yeah that's um, that's that's a national cuisine so it, th th that restaurant makes some kind of sense the, the food of the food of my people uh, when i go to a jamaican restaurant to get me some uh jamaican patties uh a lot of them are actually uh chinese people in there well they're like mixed uh like you, you see like they look chinese but their eyes are like brown Oof. it's really Dude, where where are you going with this miami yeah you're you're talking about <laughs> asian miami, people's yeah. eyes we need to wrap yeah. up we need to wait, stop wait 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 where are you going with you guys this? made it oh, weird it wasn't weird world. until you made it weird <laughs> it's right. not that weird it's not that weird before we get weirder though let's um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's just like press the button on our jetpacks and fly out of this situation さらに突入すればARTの大チャンスとなる想像を超える興奮と感動を最高のエンターテイメント体験がついに始まるどちらかが死にどちらかが生きる生き残った者 so we also Star Wars, right? Yes, twice. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> mm. Wait, I, I saw it twice. I saw it twice. Matt, how, how, how did you see it? I, I, I saw it. I saw it. Um, what, what do you mean? Did I see it twice? Yeah. Well, I saw it once in theaters and um, w another time, like, watching it on the dark web. Oh. Because I didn't have time to uh, watch the it The hacker space. The hacker space, yes, yes. <laughs> With a bunch of um, Hispanics talking in the background, so that was that's great, too. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's it was me? like one of those, like, Seinfeld video recordings where, like... <laughs> Yes. Kramer sneaks into the movie theater with his camcorder. Yes, yes. So, so I mean, they they didn't talk much, so it was all good. It was all good. I'm wondering though, like, like at what at what point in the movie did you notice that? At what point was Star Wars stuff happening, and then you just start hearing like foreign language movie audience? No, it was only in the big. It was only in the beginning. In the beginning, like. <laughs> You can hear them like uh, speak like a. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would like to say Spanish, but it, 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 I don't know the difference between Spanish and like Portuguese and all that. So, but yeah. But so it was one of those. It was one of those. <laughs> so you just like major plot twist happens and they hear like Dios mio. Yeah, <laughs> because like the title. No, no, no. Because the title was all in another language, and I, I didn't actually look at it to see if it was like uh, from you know like a brazilian copy or anything like that uh, <laughs> so i didn't I, I didn't actually pay attention to that so i was already that setting up like that sounds like the sketchiest thing anyone <laughs> will have ever downloaded in their whole like that's bringing back memories from like high school when i had like no money but all the time it, 
basically, yeah, exactly. I, I basically just needed a refresher just to make sure that all my notes were correct. And, was this my fault? Oh, yeah, yes, I pretty yes, much see? got a got it correct. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm ready to go. I, I saw it uh, the day after opening on Saturday, really enjoyed it, went back to see it again to freshen myself up before the podcast because I didn't mind because I quite enjoyed it, but that time I took notes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what do we think? What do we think? Who wants... All right. Well, what, what, I, what is our spectrum here? Good? Should we go from... Bad? Thumbs up? Should we go I from think a it's good a parody of Star Wars. But, what uh, about if expectations were met, exceeded, or subverted, and whether or not they did it in a pleasant way? Because, like, this movie, I, I found it, like, shocking and hard to get used to, but once I did, I, like, loved the tone and the parody and the self-awareness of it and and the like morals and the message behind it which feels like a really weird thing to say but like it does so many things that seem antithetical to the star this is a star wars movie where there's a straight guy comedy guy routine like five minutes after the credits uh five minutes after the uh text crawl starts up like like it ends with a your mama joke when I was like seeing this stuff go down, it was just like so. It was such tonal whiplash compared to what you used to expecting in Star Wars that like my jaw was dropping. I was like, "Where's the boring? Where are the boring space politics?" And they like still get into that, but in in a, in a fast, fun way where where the Star War has rules of engagement for the first time. Like they talk about like. When to open fire, and they like declare what they consider each other's crimes before they start shooting each other. Like on top of 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 the Star War itself, kind of feeling like a more formalized, established affair. There's um this weird juxtaposition behind how the Star War this time is at a much smaller scale than the usual. Yeah, much. It's weird. Scale. It's weird because I definitely think you need to see it twice. This is what I was sort of talking to you guys about the other day. Um, because the first time I watched it, obviously I had expectations for what I thought it was going to be like, the questions I wanted answered from The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt, I think, the same as Matt does, that I was disappointed and it wasn't good. And I, I It's like of, he did it on purpose. Yeah, Ryan it's did it on purpose. Everything that Jar Jar Abrams set up in the first one, he just like, nope. You know, like he, like when she gives, uh, Ray gives uh, Luke the lightsaber, he just like throws yeah, it, he tosses, just tosses it. it. Yeah, it's weird. You know? be- it, and it's it's really weird because I thought about it for a day and I was like, do I like this movie? Don't I like this movie? What do I like? And Aww. then I was talking to people about people who hadn't seen it. And all I could say to them was that it was different. And I couldn't really explain yeah. why. So I was like, but I have to go watch it again. I wasn't really planning on doing so. But I went to watch it again. And then I came out. Because I already knew what was going to happen, and I knew what Rian Johnson had changed, and all the questions that I wanted answered or didn't want answered, you know, I already knew about that. I watched it just as a movie, and then I was like, I actually really like this film. I like the tone and the way everything plays out. It's really self-contained. It, you know, it takes place in like three locations, and that's it. Yep. Over a space and of that's a really day, cool, I think which, it's like which the is, raid of Star Wars, which is okay. It's focused, but I don't know. I really kind of came out the second time thinking, "Huh, that was pretty good." I actually really liked it. Yeah, it's kind of divisive. I have another friend of mine who I don't think likes it, but I'm like wondering if if that same sort of uh, 
transformation would happen upon a second viewing because it is it is jarring and it's real jarring but i think it's jarring in ways that make sense like luke's character for example is nothing like his character on the surface at least from the original trilogy but if you go back and rewatch the original trilogy now you see like a lot of whininess and cynicism in young luke that yeah. maybe might have flown over your head when oh, you were a on. kid and if- you can totally you could totally imagine this like whiny teenager who's like fed up about his place in the galaxy growing up to be like a cynical whiny adult fed up with galaxy's let's, place in the galaxy let's be honest luke skywalker in the last jedi is just mark hamill in space he grew up to become like dude lebowski like, he's dude just mark skywalker. hamill he's mark hamill is just playing himself in a star wars movie i feel like, if you've ever watched interviews with the way Mark Hamill talks and the way he expresses himself, obviously... I, I, especially yeah. the way he drinks that milk. Like, <laughs> that, that's definitely Mark. <laughs> he has such funny facial expressions in this movie, and, like, some of them seem almost unintentionally giggleable. Yeah. except upon the second viewing, I noticed that there's this scene where, uh, where when, when, um... Kylo Ren is is waking up and he sees Luke with the lightsaber. In Kylo Ren's version of the story, Luke is making this like dumbass mm. eye popping constipated vo- face. And then when Luke tells his side of the story, he looks like a concerned, sad old man. And I'm like, hmm, maybe the stupid looking facial expressions is part of like everyone's internal bias of how that situation went down. Well, that's I, what I it is. Like, it's, I kind of like I, the evil face. <laughs> I liked it, and it had so many conflicting moments to it. It, it. it harked on a lot about the sort of connection of people between the Force, and then Snoke is like, oh, I just made that up as a ploy. And you're like, oh, shit. So it means okay, nothing, okay. and they're, they're okay. moving all right, all towards right. this thing, and... I, I feel oh. like we have an opposition here. Oh, we need to be on, fair and balanced. Let's, 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 let's fucking <laughs> slow down right now, okay? <laughs> like, there's, so, there's, there's two incredible, I would say, like, sins of the movie. Okay? Yes, they, okay. They, they, I, they I, do some really good things, and then immediately it goes to crap. <laughs> And it goes to crap. It goes to garbage town. When, okay, when, no, no. Garbage. It goes to garbage town. Okay, oh like Snoke made the con- yeah. Snoke made the connection with Ray and Kylo, and you're like, whoa, this is great. Like one of the strongest moments in the movie when they're talking to each other and delivering that story. You know, and it, that, that's like the only thing that brought up like the 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 little side quest Rose and Finn was going through, which was just the boring. Um, but and- how is it boring? Oh it yeah, I thought I thought it was ca- I thought the casino stuff was really boring it's just, too. It's unnecessary and boring. Um, it's so it, Deus Ex Machina. Wait, they're flying too. away from the freaking uh, destroyer. Like, why didn't they just kill him? They, in the beginning of the movie, they shot a planet. Why they can't shoot something that's right in front of it? Ultimately, that's so stupid. Well. Smaller and lighter. Ultimately, oh it oh led to nothing. Oh. <laughs> it led to oh nothing God. as well. Okay. Because they failed. Wait, how did it lead to nothing? Because it fa- they okay. failed. They failed, and all it led you, to was killing Phasma, or so it seems. Were you not entertained as they were failing and killing Phasma? By the way, Phasma's still lame, I think. No, I agree with Matt. The casino stuff was really boring. Oh my gosh. No, you got to see like rich people get theirs and hear some insightful commentary oh about God. the military-industrial complex. Anyways. And I also... Okay. <laughs> so, Snoke... Look, look. I'm, I'm gonna get my point through. All right, Snoke... They made him to a, a great a great character, right? 
And then they fucking killed him. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, he can't sense anything. Like he, you cut. Like he comes in. He lets Ray keep her weapon. She pulls it out, smacks her with it, put it next to him. Like, like he's a freaking G. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and Kylo kills him because oh, he's turning the lightsaber and he's gonna turn it on to his his true enemy. No, what the hell? Come on. I mean, I get no, that I it was get on the nose, but the the I, idea is is that like the movie does. I, I think one of the movie's big central themes, aims, and objectives was to demystify Star Wars and and kind of mine for new material um, from from the mountain of of trying to like look into the logistics of how magical Star Wars bullshit happens. And in this movie, unlike all the others, we get like a lot of effort to demystify the the Jedi supernatural powers. And and we like have visual metaphors showing how they see in the future and in the past at the same time. And the uh kind of inevitability and hypocrisy of prophecy plays into that as well. Like you, you, you have this um You say that, stops. but this arguably has the most Jedi like magical powers in the whole of the series. But but yeah. No, no, and I think that's, like, the idea. Like, Luke sees in the future Kylo Ren becoming an evil Sith Lord. He thinks about killing him to prevent that, but that is what causes Kylo Ren to grow up to become an evil Sith Lord. And and meanwhile, you have, like, Snoke making these predictions and seeing in, into a future that's not clear, and you're like, oh, oh, he's, like, using Jedi mind tricks against them. And, and... <laughs> There, I think this movie has really, really tight theming involving, like, mutinies and Jedi mind tricks continually happening on a greater and greater scale as the thing goes on, and that just kind of folds into that very same theme. I thought it f- made sense with the pacing and the themes. The, yeah, it like makes the, sense with the pacing because they have to kill him off before the third movie. But Snoke can use the Force from long range. Yeah, From this long is, range, My dude. biggest problem with this film is Snoke. The first time I watched it and the second time I watched it didn't change in that. They created this really powerful character who was almost as powerful as Sidious, it seemed. Like, he used Force Lightning. He could c- literally control Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren... He slammed you know, Hawks to the floor in the beginning of the movie from, he, like, his, like, his th- Game of Thrones. Like He tortured Rey and got the Skywalker information out of her in, like, a subtle scene to the side that no one saw. And... They killed him without any explanation to how he ruled the First Order, which is fine because the Emperor just appeared yeah, out of nowhere too. I don't but th- care th- my that problem, much about them killing him. My problem I, is, we, we never got much time with him. Anyway. But my my biggest problem, and the one that doesn't sit right with me, is if Ben Solo was with Luke in a Jedi temple, training to be a Jedi Master, and his parents were General Organa, and Han Solo. Where the fuck did Snoke come from? And just, like, influence this kid. And and Leia knew all about it, because she's like, oh, Snoke changed his heart. So where yeah, the fuck no, did Snoke no come from? No, no there is just... There is no... For and he gets deep, killed off before any of that. Yeah, and this is the problem, because the only character that really gets any depth, apart from Luke, because we, we know a lot about Luke from the past and now, the only character that gets any depth and character building because even Rey doesn't really get any of it Kylo Ren is the only character that has a lot of backstory to him and 
I think he's he's portrayed really well in this film in the conflicting sides. Like you can see him balancing, and then by the end he just goes full blown, you know, angry at Luke, dark side. But we don't know where the fuck he came from. Like, how did he get turned by Snoke? Where did Snoke appear from? And I don't think we'll find out now because they just killed him. So yeah, that's I my biggest. I see that as as a a necessary challenge of trying to make new Star Wars movies. Like one thing that I think is is gonna be hard is that there's a lot of characters being juggling around this story now. Like like kids who don't know who C three PO is are gonna have no idea why C three PO is even a character in this movie. And and you have um. Like, for kids who also don't know the characters, there are, like, three old ladies who apparently are in charge of the same ship, same ship in, in different ways. You got, you, you got, like, three, two different teams of, of ragtag heroes in, in the first movie where, where, like, Han Solo is kind of a, kind of coming out from the old trilogy to, to be a party to a new a new a party of, of of rogues and no scoundrels in the new movie and and it's it's a lot there's two different versions of r2d2 now there's the real r2d2 and then like the new hip one that's slightly more high-tech and sleek looking and it's r2d2 turns up for what five minutes he just and wakes some up some of that like on the millennium comes out when when Luke sees R two D two, he totally switches over to seventies mode. Yeah, yeah. There, there it's were, cute. There were problems with the film. Ultimately, like there is any film. Um, but I, I loved it. I, but I I still think after the second watching, uh, that I actually did enjoy it mostly, even for the problems. Like another big problem is no one tells anyone their fucking plans. Like if Holdo. Had, oh yeah! If Holdo had just told Flyboy, Mister Poe Dameron, what oh, her they plan had a was, thing going on, well, dude. that would have been I fine. Don't right? And not even I that. I don't think Holdo knew. Not even that. Not even that. If Luke had just told Leia that he was gonna walk out, he's an apparition. He's just gonna walk out, distract Kylo Ren while they all make an escape instead of Poe Dameron having to have his leadership moment and think about what Luke was going to do. That didn't make any sense. Like, why would Luke just... If Luke's plan is to distract Kylo Ren, why why did he not tell Leia, and then Leia just hightail it out? And, it and they could have still did it in a way that universe. they... Like, they... Um, the audience didn't know. He could have just told Leia, and then they could have just started the Luke scene. And then you can see them, um, once they find out, they could have seen them, like, kind of going away and trying to get out of there. Instead of making that whole thing, like, oh, he's trying to save us. But they wanted to attach um, Flyboy to it, you know? Yeah, they had make to give him, him his leadership moment, yeah. yeah Which it, like, didn't they make any sense. They sh- yeah, they, they really should have tied some of these characters together. Like, Rose, they should have cut her out, to be honest, man. Like, oh no! It, no, it, no, no, like, no! 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 See, they should have cut her out, man, or gave boring... her a small part because she took up too much, too much. Listen, Finn needs to be with Ray, okay? Okay, not with this girl, not with Rose, okay? They, they, Finn and Ray. No, no, no one's with me. No, just Rose me? is adorable. Ray no. is like okay. asexual, though. Well, <laughs> he's kind of boring. <laughs> and come on, 
I mean, the sexual tension between her and Kylo Ren is like off the charts. So I have more fun with I think every other character in these movies. So the most boring parts for me was like Ray moping around poor Island. Yeah, she. I don't. She did. She delivered lines very weirdly in this movie, especially She's on very that island. British. She's very British. Yeah. It's like she got yeah. more British in this film. Even I noticed that. Yeah. I was watching and I was like, hmm. She is <laughs> yeah, yeah, British. like she delivered. I was like, that's a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I, what's going on with that? Uh, the island part was a little weird. Uh, it was a little rocky at first. I, I, I would say um, I like the way Dagobah. they portrayed Ray in this to be like just some kid with the force. She could barely stand against um, uh, Snoke's, um, you know, like, uh, what were those guys? Those uh, getting those slapped guards? in the head power. Yeah, oh, the, yeah the red yeah, guys. The, the red, red guys. Yeah. Oh come on um, though, that scene. No matter how it was great, up, it killing it was fun, it was great. Yeah. That fight scene is definitely the see, best fight scene in almost. See the way all you Star fix Wars. that. Yeah, the way you fix that. The, the the whole Snoke thing is that if they showed that Kylo was getting stronger. Like in that scene beforehand, um, when he got shocked or something like that, maybe something to make it seem like uh, Kylo had some upper hand against Snoke. Like, oh, he's becoming more powerful. If if they if had some scene, scene like that, it would have made that whole <clears throat> lightsaber Snoke getting killed a little bit cleaner than how like abrupt it was. This is the you know this is my problem with this part of the film, the whole Snoke thing. Because that scene could have played out with Kylo Ren trying to kill Snoke. And, and what Ray he could him. have done, what he could have done is injured him. Like Snoke would have noticed at the last minute and then just like deflected it, but taken like quite a serious injury. And he's already pretty bashed up by the look of him anyway. Right. Yeah. So he gets injured, but because he's incredibly powerful in the force, he obviously notices what goes wrong, and that sticks with the, his character that has already been shown to be really powerful, right? So if he gets mm -hmm. injured, then he goes away on the escape pod that Ray escaped on, Snoke's own personal ship, and he's escorted away. That would make sense as to why the guards would fight Kylo Ren and Ray, right? So Kylo Ren's mm -hmm. turned against I Snoke. Guess. But it doesn't make sense because we don't have any backstory as to why those guards would be so loyal and, why, and who the Snoke. hell is Snoke and, and why and does why? he look like that yeah but you can kill him off early the in the next film you can the, kill him the, off like, early in the next film because he's injured and Kylo Ren's taken over the first order but you can't just like kill him without you, you know getting rid of this really powerful character that has such an influence over arguably the main character because The Last Jedi really is all about Kylo Ren it's not about Rey. It's it's Luke's backstory with Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren and the First Order, Kylo Ren and his mum and dad. It's all about Kylo Ren. So th I think the Snoke stuff is fine. I, I, I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense and, and <laughs> seems perfectly acceptable from like a, a outside of the movie script writing and pacing judgment. There's there's a lot of like internal holes in in. in conflicts of logic going on but the movie has an escalating series of mutinies caused by characters who are self-doubting themselves and in the star wars universe you always have like the sith apprentice killing his sith master and and that fits in with like the lore and the established story of how we usually see these characters go down but in the movie's aim to deconstruct all of that it does it by um 
kind of fucking with with Empire and Return of the Jedi situations. The whole scene with Snoke is like a meld of uh, the I am your father scene and the Return of the Jedi killing killing Emperor Palpatine scene, except the I am your father scene. The, the, the like speech there is instead, I'm your parent, I'm really important. It's your parents are nothing. They're, they're, they weren't really important. Make something of yourself by joining us. And the... Um, but the problem is it happens of... in the middle of the middle film. It's not the climax of the second film. It's the middle of the middle film. And he's a character who... And I think that's clever. The Hoth battle happens in the middle, and half the movie is like Dagobah training. It uses Empire settings and situations to tell its own story by, like, misplacing them all around in places you don't expect. And a lot of that stuff, like, genuinely took me by surprise. Like, after Force Awakens, I was expecting an Empire remake, and that's not what we got, so I was surprised and my expectations were exceeded. I mean, we got it in the literal sense Force that Awakens. the Empire won, almost, in that film. And then, right. you know, Luke's final lines being, I'm not the last Jedi, and then the third movie being Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's still very on the nose. But yeah, if you but... take the different parts, I think the one thing I really liked about The Last Jedi is that the scenes were emotional enough like in the cinematography as well, like when Holdo flicking destroyed Snoke's ship, jumping into hyperspace, and it all went like was, silent. That was fucking awesome. The, Wait, that actually, was that right amount of movie magic where you just turn off your brain and you're like, "Yeah, this is yeah, just cool. This that is, is just freaking really awesome." Cool. God, yeah. I am such a weirdo. I think that is like the one bit of like Star Wars lore in this movie that makes me mad. It makes if no you sense. Could just do that, but and yeah, every space battle scene in the whole rest of the the trilogy is invalidated because you could just get like a kamikaze droid to yeah. to smash cruisers into star destroyers. Yeah. Nobody just turn your brain off and right? enjoy because <laughs> suddenly the whole film is I about loss. Like. Leia talks at the beginning of the film about Poe Dameron's plan for killing the Dreadnought. Oh, yeah. And they get rid of all the and bombers. It's also, and, and she's it's really also pissed off. Stupid being, it's also about how stupid being a cool hero guy actually is. Yeah, and then Holdo is against <laughs> that, it. right? Holdo's against yeah. that. But then her final act is to be like a fucking badass hero and lightspeed a whole ship through another one. But she only does it when all other options truly, absolutely, positively are exhausted. Exactly. Until then, That's like, great. she wants to play it smart. Yeah, and then when that scene and, happens and, and the silence is perfect. Yeah, but then, then, then when Admiral Akbar says it's a trap, you'd think he would just like turn on the hyperspace engines and smash into the Death Star instead of oh. having to go through this like whole elaborate routine okay. of flying through the. Oh the, yeah, the you chefs. gotta love the sweet spot. It's everywhere in these films, man. Yeah. Oh, we're approaching a sweet spot. Uh, to drop my bombs in you, and then the, the, uh, in the in the end too is like, <laughs> oh, Finn is just like, oh, I'm gonna drive my ship right into this thing. I'm like, why? Why are oh, you man. doing that? Come so on, he was, can he was going, geometry. He was going all Will Smith Independence Day. Yes, on yes, that yes, thing. yes. And it was awesome. Yes. And I had like tears in my eyes because I like Finn. I like tears. And I was Finn's like, Finn better not die. Yeah. Oh, hell Finn's no. Finn's not going to die. They're not going to make Finn but die. But this is what They're I mean about The Last Jedi. The I think, yes, you don't have the black guy die. Die. Okay? <laughs> After Mace Windu got tossed out the window, they're not going to... They're not going to have... Remember when uh, the it's guy who made the boondocks... because they gave him a purple lightsaber. 
The, the, remember the Boondocks comment where, where Huey is just like, oh, there's a new Star Wars trilogy coming out. They better not have the Black Jedi die first. And the Black <laughs> Jedi actually died first. <laughs> Unlimited power. But this is what I mean about The Last Jedi. It had lots of like emotional moments. It was a film full of not just like one or two, but like quite a few. Like on you're sort of watching in awe and silence. Uh, even when like the shots of Kylo Ren when he's about to face off with Luke like when he's holding the mm-hmm. lightsaber towards his face and he's just like beating of sweat I think like the cinematography was really cool about the film and the way it looks the, yes. is really nice the second half was like really tight and and, and this yeah. that that's another this is another thing that I really hated about the film is like everything oh. about that island I mean that that, that planet was great like the the, oh, the, the salt island and then and the, yeah the salt on the on the top and like oh, the, red, oh, the mineral the, the salt joke as well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah did you know did you know <laughs> which i think that? was like another another bit of like demystifying the 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 experience of going to a theater to watching star wars they're like oh you expected this to be snow i mean i guess we still have to like fill our quota of empire references but at least we can like tell you it's not snow yeah did which you know i think like I think I'm yeah. right in saying. Did you notice who the two people were in that scene when he said salt? No. Well, the I guy think I noticed the guy who says it. I think is maybe someone connected to the film as like an assistant director, and the guy next to him is Garth. Oh. What's his name? Gareth Edwards. He's the guy who directed okay. Rogue One. Oh, nice. So he makes like a cameo, and obviously when they say salt, it's like right in the wounds of anyone who fucking hates all the changes to Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, you think it's like a, a double entendre I think it's a proper salt. I think it's a proper oh salty my joke. Oh I, my gosh, I think it's that's a, proper that's salt a joke. film theory. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a proper salt joke because he looks at him, like Gareth Edwards, the director of Rogue One, looks at the guy who says salt and like sort of like smirks a little bit. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. I didn't know I didn't know that was a cameo of a director. I was like looking for empire references and there's like a guy with a big whoosh, bushy white beard who who holds up some binoculars to his face and I think that that was like a straight callback to a very very similar shot of bushy white beard guy looking at the ATATs or binoculars in a uh, empire but I don't know. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Both both viewings yielded like a, a good ass time, and I um feel like it's it's weird for me to say. I have very very high praise, but before I I sum up my my end of the the discussion summary thought, I want to say that um uh, what was what was my train of thought that I was going to say? I have my my back of the box quote, but yes, the the thing that's so that I find real uneasy about the game the game the movie is this uh balancing act it it tries to do between being smart and meta and self aware and deconstructing Star Wars while also having to be Star Wars. Like they still need to sell toys to the kids, like like there's porgs everywhere. There's um kind of kind of like okay, in, quick insufferably hands up. witty porgs. Joss Whedon dialogue. Porgs, porgs, yay uh, or nay? Uh, I, I'm a meh on them. I, I don't feel strongly either way because I think they restrained themselves really hard. Like, the porgs don't talk. They don't take up that much screen space. Like, if anything, I think the Crystal Foxes and the Last Guardians look and sounded weirder and more out of place than than uh, the porgs. Well, the, the, obviously, the Crystal Critters, as Finn put them, were definitely... Crystal Critters? They were definitely for one moment and one moment only. 
And it was... but they have like four shots of looking like cute, cuddly toy animals you can sell the kids. Yeah. And, uh, and they also don't. They they look like they're from Final Fantasy or something. Star they Wars aliens like are usually way Fantasy. uglier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars aliens don't like look like they, they don't look fashionable. They're like usually like big globs <laughs> that just like plop around. <laughs> Anyways, wait. There's one uh, thing. So, I th- wait. There's one other thing I want to ask. What, okay. How you felt about? Well, I want to okay. finish my thought as well after you. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we got to wrap up. Off. I just. I just because this one is really weird as well. The bit where Leia uses her force powers. For pretty much the first time ever. Oh, yeah. I thought it was kind of awesome, to be honest. <laughs> really? I was oh, really God. confused I, both I, I, was just... like, I will take that BS and I'll eat it up. <laughs> You'll take that BS? I will take that take, BS like, and Snoke eat it up. Mind trick because... Ky- Kylo, like, clouding up his mind trick to mind trick Snoke? The, 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 this is, the reason why is because everyone thinks that Leia's going to die. And then yeah. she dies, and then they're like, nope. <laughs> I will admit, the shot of her being sucked out of the ship was fucking awesome. Like, just where, like, she looks up for that one moment, closes her eyes, and then, boah, fucking sucked out into space. And you're like, holy Vacuum shit. Vacuum set to high. That's how, that's, how, that's how they got rid of Leia. But then, I, th- I don't know whether it's the way they shot how she comes back onto the ship. It just looks kind of dumb yeah i it looks like she's getting pulled in by a wire and the first time i saw that i actually was like i I don't know you don't ever see it's implied that leia is force sensitive but it's never implied that she has force powers so i guess the idea is that she's like desperate enough to 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 survive that she just like pulls (laughs) pulls it out of her ass and during the first viewing i was like so i think it's probably a backstory that we just don't know of and probably oh god there's so much of that now she's anakin's daughter she's definitely yeah i thought thought they were going to um cut back on that like no you got to read the expanded universe to understand how how like so, Dude, they've got books to sell. Jesse Cox has like a podcast yeah. about this shit, you know? <laughs> People have got to make their money somehow, but yeah. The first time I saw it, I like still wanted to believe that she was just kind of swimming through space. But the second time I saw it, I was like, nope, she's just getting pulled in by an invisible wire. That's a force power. I just don't know how the force saves your life from like the vacuum of space. That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Before before I get cut off of this conversation, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, I am so sorry. The, 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 <laughs> I the, deeply want to apologize. Yeah, the, Matt, I don't mean to cut you off. The yeah, floor you is know, yours. Whoever Matt. has their hand up, you know Yoda's ass uh, to, <laughs> you know, to do the puppet thing. That was just oh, no. that that was just too much for me. It was just too much for me. That was Wait, just way too much nostalgia. I was just like, no, guys. CGI, do you think just that do the was CGI. No, the puppet was awesome. Yeah, and the, well, you know, I, I'll chalk it up to be like, you know, basically the Star Wars parody is what I think about the film. Um, mm-hmm. the, what I was saying about the, the 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 planet with the red sand, that w- that was all great. And then when Luke comes out and a bullet hits him and it looks like he exploded. Yeah, it was fantastic. Luke. So everybody cool. in the theater was like, <laughs> all oh, the kids shit. gasped. <laughs> Like that the was parents great. Are like, Wait, I didn't know we went to a like a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what did like, they whoa. give it? Come to think I of it, I will admit, 
I will admit, I was slightly disappointed because my only theory in my head oh, it is was how PG-13. he survived that bullet was that he was using his lightsaber to deflect all of them. And we were going to have yeah. a really mm-hmm. fucking kick-ass scene of Luke deflecting all of the bullets. But mm-hmm. obviously that never happened because he was a fucking... He was a hologram, essentially. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So Kylo, the Kylo Sten shoots, shoots everything. And I, I thought that was great. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. Like, he's like, oh, is he dead yet? And it, it added to that, you know, kind of like the theme of the funniness of the movie. Then he, you come and then he comes down to fight him. And then Luke is doing what you thought Luke was going to be doing through the movie. Like, at, like an old guy doing like, I don't know. He looks like he broke his back on some of those tricks, you know? Oh, like the, the dodging when he does the, like the, the Yoda spin when he does like the Yoda spin. Yes, the, yes, it's so cool. It's basically the Yoda thing, and like uh, Mickey Mouse from uh, Kingdom Hearts, how he would flip around was basically Yoda. Um, <laughs> and the, I don't know if any of you guys ever seen that, but all the Kingdom Hearts guys will, will get what I'm saying. Um, and um, I I think that part, like what guys, you were guys, saying, guys. Liam, that part where they he finds out that he's just a hologram. And then you see him in the back. I thought it just blew my mind. Reason why? Because I, I, you never think about the force that way. It, and every, like every step of the way, like the force oh, has yeah. been used. Like it's, guys, force yeah. was guys, the best guys, character guys. in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Someone said that to me yesterday. Someone said the best was, character in this movie was the force. It's it's, it's the force. It because I mean, like guys, whoa, I, I like, gotta. You re-sync. you expect that out of the force unleashed video game? You don't something expect that from my recording a, a movie, like and they went seconds. crazy. They went almost anime with it. Oh my god! What, they did I would love to see Ray like jump out of a, 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 a freaking a starship and just like f- fall down to um, a freaking planet, like just using the force. That would be freaking crazy. Oh my god! But okay. Okay. No worries. All right. Do it. Three, two, one. Sink. And then. Okay, good, good. And, and then uh, he falls off the rock, gets back up, and then disappears. He goes poof. What the f- Why? See, that's how Jedi that, die. No, 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 no. You see, I have one slight issue with that as well. You see, this film is like full of little issues that build up, I think, what made mm. me originally think it was a bad film. But Luke should have died and faded away when he falls back and like lies on yes. it, I think. Instead of like oh, getting up... come on! No, 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 no. no. <laughs> getting up, making us think he's okay, looking into the sunset, and then fading away. Fuck that. What? No, 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 fuck that. What? I don't, I don't like wait, that. Wait, what? how did he make you think he was okay? Because he got back up, and he got back up, and he sat on the thing, and you're like... But the music is swelling, and you're getting, like, the first shot of him, like, looking up to the, the two sons on Tatooine and being like, I'm gonna go on a space adventure. And there's, like, symmetry to that story. Like, the first magic Jedi power Luke witnesses is Obi-Wan mind-tricking two stormtroopers, and the last Jedi power he gets away with is mind-tricking both sides of an entire battlefield. It's, it's like, like, it's thematically tight. If if I if I wanted to if I was shooting the scene, I would not let him fall like a you know like he wasn't a legendary yeah. character. I, I I would just he would just be sitting on the rock, and you know if they were gonna make him fade away, he should have just faded away looking like a badass. 
Yes. You know? When when you know when like, they, oh, like, I used cut. my power, that's it. When they Boom. cut to the scene of him like sweating and stuff like that. Yeah, just kind of like, oh, okay. Like what? You didn't just do the the coolest thing? Okay, forget that. Yeah. So here's here's my interpretation of that scene and its problems. And that is that, like, the first time I saw that, I, I, I the first time I saw Luke, like, dramatically walk out onto the battlefield, so like, good. at a, a speed of 0.2 miles per hour as the camera, like, wide angle looks at the flat line in front of him. It was Dragon Ball Z as shit. That yeah. shot. I was like, come that on, one, get on with it. That one shot of when he's, like, really small on the screen and it has the whole of the shield door behind him. Like, that really big wide shot. It's anime It's as so fuck. fucking anime. It's amazing. And I was just, like, waving my finger, like, okay, come on, get over with it. We know you're powering up for the next two episodes. And then, like, <laughs> at the end, I was like, oh, he just bamboozled all of us, and that was the actual military strategy. And I think that's also why they don't let the viewer know ahead of time, so that the viewer is second-guessing everything and wondering why Luke is taking no, so long really to really finish this that. fight. And, yeah, because, like, the, the, the scene bamboozles the bad guys and the viewers... If if the viewers have been like trained to expect action to to move faster in Star Wars, like this is Luke stalling the bad guys in the movie and the the audience is getting kept on the edge of their seat in real life. It's really it's neat. Before we move on, can mm-hmm. I yes? Can we just quickly say how yes. good is Adam Driver as Kylo Ren? I like it. I didn't mm-hmm. like I didn't like his that character chest? at the end, but I I kind of liked. I kind of liked his character in this film the, better than the, the first one. He the, could not find a cowl to put on. I, yeah. Oh, man. I <laughs> mean, oh, come on. He definitely got stronger to, be, you know, beat Snoke, you know. With all them, yeah. All He's pets. been hitting the gym in was, this, for this one. He was busting out for that shit. He knew. Yeah. He was just waiting for Ray to call him again through the force. He's like, oh, when, when, oh hey, girl. You, you, you caught me in a bad on. time. <laughs> I heard someone in the audience say, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, he like drops me. out. He's like, oh, I, I, th- I think I fe- uh, feel Ray coming. Let me, let me do a couple push-ups real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look my best. But the, There's girls around. Do you know what the stupidest thing is? My favorite, mov- my favorite moment, literally, of the whole film is when Adam Driver just screams, shoot that piece of junk out of the sky. Like you can sense the like intense anger so he has mean. for his own back history and like seeing his dad's ship, like curse yeah. him almost in front of him, and just like how he screams that line is so fucking perfect to me. Also, you like the uh, bit of uh, uh, environmental storytelling when when we learn that. Uh when we get to see Finn, like, like have his stormtrooper club division training get, get put into action, and you're like, oh, now that guy from that last movie makes more sense. That guy? Which guy? The, the, remember the stormtrooper with the, like, electro club? Oh, who, the like, one who, like, swings looks it? Looks at and Finn's like, and is like, yeah. oh, it's you, and does this little dance, and everyone was like, what was the deal with that guy? And <laughs> I guess the implication now is that Finn was involved with, with some, some division of stormtroopers that swings yeah. clubs instead of shoots blasters and misses. They ruined Phasma, though. I- again yeah oh phasma doesn't you can't not ruin phasma phasma is a dlc character she's a reskin she's a three dollar <laughs> gold stormtrooper with the cape so that you can like pretend that you care so that she can pretend she cares more about the game than people who just like have to i don't know play train hard and not buy three dollar gold skin dlc a japanese friend of mine is like such a big 
Phasma fan. And the whole promotion that was pushed behind the characters before <laughs> The Force Awakens, like Phasma, yeah. Kylo Ren. And then, obviously, when you watch The Force Awakens, Phasma's in it for, what, a total of seven minutes or something? Yeah. And yeah. then I remember her talking. It's yeah. worse than this one. I remember talking before The Last Jedi, and she's like, I really just hope Phasma appears. And I'm watching it thinking, oh, man, she's going to be so fucking disappointed. Phasma, <laughs> Phasma fans are the new Boba Fett fans. Is that the role she plays in the new movie? Oh. Like, just as, like, the cool-looking side character who keeps getting thrown into danger for, like, ten seconds of screen time? She always fucks up, movie? though. She always fucks yeah. up. So does... So did Boba Fett. He just, like, trips into the Sarlacc. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how cool that cool character gets to be. <laughs> so, alright, we gotta wrap up. What are our final thoughts if we had to sum up in uh, one sentence? Star Wars the parody. Okay. The Last Jedi, probably better than The Force Awakens, but I'm still not sure. They killed Snoke too early. I think that that from a like filmmaking and writing standpoint, this is actually the best Star Wars since Empire. From a Holy, cinematography standpoint, I think it definitely is. I, I definitely think it's the like smartest one since Empire, the most like avant-garde and kind of subversive. Yeah. Like, Empire is really bold when you think about it. Like, every... All the good guys die. They spend the whole movie on the chase from the bad guys. The 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 hero, like, gets his hand chopped off, and it's uh, much darker and slower than the first movie had us set up for. Wait, wait, wait we're, like we're doing more than one sentence? actual romantic struggles. Let's go, what's yeah, going on here? Yeah, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I will George add a word Higo. to it as well. I, I think yeah. the best described to the... Um, that describes the movie with me is, is uh, fun. It was the movie was fun to watch. Like I, I there was moments where I was like, <gasps> and there was moments where I was like, oh, oh god. And you know, it, most of the time I was having a good time. I would say, yeah, yeah, um, agreed. I just don't. I, I really don't agree with the decisions that they made. But Oof. I mean, I, I it, it's just a movie. I, I yeah, I think <laughs> they're fine because the movie magic is so much more important than the lore at this point. Like we don't want. I don't think. I don't think we want Star Wars to become like Metal Gear became like so far up its own ass of its own lore that it can't like make new stories anymore. I think Anyways. Kylo Ren's like the best thing that's happened to Star Wars in ages. I'm I'm happy with what they did in, with him in this movie. Like in the very beginning of the movie, he smashes up that dumb helmet that never looked as cool as Darth Vader's helmet in the first place. Yeah, like I, Snoke says, take that fucking need it. ridiculous thing off, and then he immediately smashes and it. And it really like, was oh, nice. ridiculous. Like I have a feeling like <laughs> the director just didn't like the guy's design, and I know a lot of people didn't. I didn't like the design of his costume in the last movie. Ray, you're nothing. I think nothing. he looks better without it. <laughs> You're nothing. Your parents were nobody. <laughs> You're oh, so, no. so great. Star Wars. So freaking I great. Subverted. God, I don't want to go back into it. But I know we're trying to end it. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah, one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But how does she know about the Jedi text no, and the no, place no, and no, stuff no, like no, that? I just, but I just she predicted say, it in the future. I just want to say the different thing I like about it is with all previous Star Wars entries or iterations, there's always been a definitive light and good even with anakin when he was good you know he was good yeah. and he wanted to be like a padawan a good padawan and then when he got turned he just went straight to the fucking dark side right the one thing right. i really mm -hmm. like about ray and ren balance 
is there's yeah. balance between the two of them because there's no one to control them. Like, Ray doesn't really have a master. Luke doesn't train her at all. And then yeah. Ren, Snoke kind of just uses him, doesn't train him to be, like, a Sith Lord because, f- as far as we know, Snoke isn't a Sith Lord either. So there's, like, balance between them. Like, when Ray gets really angry, she, like, straight up just murders people. Like, she murdered those guards. Oh, she blows no up problem. Luke's house. She, she, when she's in the Millennium Falcon and she shoots, like, the the fighters out of the sky, she's like, I like this. And she's like, so there's, like, this weird balance where she gets really angry and Ren, like, gets really conflicted. So I really like that there's no defining, like, Rey is leaning into the light and Ren is, like, leaning into the dark. But there's still, like, back and forth between them. I think that's really good about this new trilogy. Right. Yeah, uh, and it makes sense if the like old Jedi traditions are going away, then the relationship between the Master and the Apprentice would be changing as well. Yeah, well, it basically doesn't yeah. exist in this one, so I like it. They just exist out of nowhere. It's cool. And I also like how like rational the logic is behind making it. Anyways, we were going to move on, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much to talk about. So much to talk about, but I, I think the, the consensus is, despite all the nitpicks, we all liked it. Well, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah I had it was fun, fun with it yeah, yeah. I had fun fun, fun right I but you like, have fun like with is a good word movies. like is a good word okay yeah okay cool so so we're not stepping on the internet's toes too hard I'm guessing yeah I'm well, well sure we'll find out next week a... <laughs> yeah yeah find out next week on I hate Matt <laughs> on, on, like on the dadcast. <laughs> <laughs>